Magneto Funky, number 22. It's Tuesday, May 30th, 2017. Hey, welcome. I'm Larry Winfield in the pursuit of grid power to the people. This week, we take a brief look at the handy-dandy Amazing Jewel Thief. But first, we open with Chicago rock band Reditus. Give yourselves to Bruce. 
That was Kingdom by Redditus, a combo that borrows from the vast vernacular of alternative rock, who says if Spoon, the Black Keys, and Nine Inch Nails had a love child, it would probably sound something like them. Uh, the song is from the album Desperate Tongues. This is a laid-back and often explicit, you bet your ass, weekly international pod zine of extremely eclectic music and progressive politics with a focus on energy independence for the 99%. My pod pages are 1223studios.com slash mfunky.h and facebook.com slash 1223studios. Well, back to the old drawing board. Okay, uh, this week in Grid Theory, I'm taking a quick look at this particularly versatile electronic circuit, which I think every SRO power grid should have. A Jewel Thief is a simple, electronic, self-oscillating voltage booster circuit. It can increase the low voltage of a power source, like a 1.5 volt AA battery, by turning it into a series of rapid pulses at a higher voltage that can power devices that need 2, 3, or 6 volts to run. Now, another definition is a Jewel Thief is a transformer for DC input, where a regular transformer only takes AC. A cat named Z. Kopernik from the UK invented the Jewel Thief in 1999, and another UK cat named Clive Mitchell coined the term in 2002. But apparently... Oscillating voltage boosters have been experimented with since 1930. And, well, a, a few patented variants are like 1937. A blocking oscillator apparatus employing vacuum tubes. Uh, 1951 saw a transistor blocking oscillator. And we have a 1987 low voltage driven oscillator circuit that can pull 0.1 volts. Now that's too low for even a jewel thief. As far as proof-of-concept devices, there are thousands of variations and adaptations using almost every mix of components along with the circuit diagrams, which actually uh, is making the research harder because of all the cool distracting videos. And no, I haven't gone through all of the variations. Uh, I haven't gone through all of them yet. But... The Jewel Thief in general, being a step-up boost converter, also has a step-down circuit called a buck converter. Uh, one cool thing about the ones I saw in this schematics video is that, say, a 10-amp buck converter will power a 10-amp load no matter what the input voltage is, making a boost-buck combo, that's another flavor of device to look at. But anyway, the really important thing about whatever flavor of device you would make, you still got to do the math to make sure your input power source has the right amperage to go along with that big voltage boost. Okay, uh, we'll continue this on the flip. Okay, uh, back to the stage. Continuing with a pair of tunes, pushing a nice beat. Uh, first up is Snake Charmer, 
A bit of electropunk and cumbia with raga-heavy, politically charged rhymes by Caballo, the alter ego of MC and producer Alberto Caballero, born in Colombia in 77, but he's been based in Toronto, Canada since 007. And after that, it's When Parties Turn to Orgies by Eigenheimer, a mysterious cat over in Nijmegen, Netherlands, who has a SoundCloud page and no other info. But hey, I like the beat.
Hey, Geek Notes. Today, the 30th, is day 69 in the 100 days to impeachment or martial law countdown. Yeah, yeah, I know last week's number was off. I repeated the thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, this week, we now know that Germany and France are the leaders of the free world. And Macron even had the balls to call Putin on his shit with him standing there. While here, we're dealing with the disorganized crime gang impersonating an administration. Meanwhile, the Jim Crow Gestapo is still too busy hunting brown people to give a shit about the red hat domestic terrorists who look just like them. And it ain't just ice shit. It actually is getting easier each day to turn away from the half-assed state media. No, I mean CNN and MSNBC, not just the Nazi channel. And it's getting easier to turn away from the red dog DNC who are still triangulating and fighting over the last election. But as long as we stay angry and active and call bullshit on the entire GOP syndicate that's grinding along with its pogroms behind the Three Stooges pie fight in the White House, the impeachment barbecue is still on. And... Since P. Grabby has given a wrist slap green light to body slamming the press for doing their jobs, maybe they should start carrying tasers or mace. Oh, and one last thing. P. Grabby is obviously ill, but state media is still barely covering it. So try this rat bastard scenario. The GOP could circumvent this entire chaotic episode by whacking the orange merkin, make it look like natural causes, and slide Pence right in. Yeah, it's a boneheaded scenario with a lot of holes and a lot of complications, but hey, gutless, desperate traitors grasping for power will do a lot of things for the sheer temporary satisfaction of breakage. So anyway, let's run the dates. Okay, today, May the 30th, in 1959, the first experimental hovercraft, the SRN-1, made its first trip at Cowes on the Isle of Wight. It was designed by Sir Christopher Cockerell and built by Saunders Row, as in the SR. Okay. On July 25th, the prototype crossed the English Channel, and the hovercraft is now used in a variety of roles, from military transportation to ferrying cars and passengers across the Channel if you don't want to take the train. Uh, the 31st is World No Tobacco Day. And June 1st is full of stuff. And now we have just a couple. June 1st is Global Day of Parents. And in 1961, regular FM stereo radio broadcasting with a multiplex signal began in the U.S. Uh, in Schenectady, New York, WGFM owned by GE, was first on the air at 12.01 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Zenith's WEFM in Chicago, Illinois, followed. And then you had KMLA in Los Angeles, where midnight local time is three hours later. Uh, each scheduled a few hours of stereo broadcast. Cool. Uh, on this day in 1947, the Doomsday Clock appeared for the first time on the cover of the June issue of the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists. And in 1880, 
The first paid telephone service in the U.S. for public use went into service. Oh, the toll was taken. It was given to an attendant, I guess, who was standing by the phone. It was installed by the Connecticut Telephone Company in their office at the Yale Bank Building at State and Chapel Streets in New Haven, Connecticut. Okay, let's see. June the 2nd. In 1686, the publication of Newton's Principia was arranged in London at the Royal Society. Let's see, June the 3rd. Uh, in 1965, the first American astronaut to make a spacewalk was Major Ed White II, when he spent 20 minutes outside the Gemini 4 capsule during Earth orbit at an altitude of 120 miles. And also on the 3rd, we have an event, Drag Queen Story Hour with Panda Dulce. That's happening from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time at the San Francisco Public Library Eureka Valley slash Harvey Milk Memorial Branch in the Castro. Created by Michelle T. and Radar Productions here in the city, the story hour captures the imagination and play of the gender fluidity of childhood and gives kids glamorous, positive, and unabashedly queer role models. In spaces like this, kids are able to see people who defy rigid gender restrictions and imagine a world where people can present as they wish where dress-up is real. Cool. Let's see, uh, June the 3rd and the 4th, it's the 3rd Annual Bay Area Book Festival. Uh, over the weekend, it's going to fill downtown Berkeley with a literary extravaganza featuring over 200 authors. Uh, let's see, June the 4th is World Day for Child Victims of Aggression, which ain't slowing down anytime soon, is it? And we have advance notice of the June 16th event, Bloom's Day in Chicago. Uh, that's going to be happening at the Galway Arms, 2442 North Clark Street, Chicago, 7 to 10 p.m. Central Daylight Time. Uh, you can join them for an annual reading from James Joyce's Ulysses, annotated and directed by Jeff Helgeson. Oh, and found out that from uh, my good buddy Dave Getchick's Puddin' Hit Press Flyer. Cool. So, if you have promos, pluggers, gig info, an art opening, etc., send me an email. The address is mfunkyzine at gmail.com and bands, artists, and poets, download links, no attachments, please, and no promises. Transfer complete. Okay, in grid practice, I'm adding a Jewel Thief to the short list of build projects, uh, like the Crystal Power Cell and a Bedini slash Benitez type device. Uh, the progress with the circuit diagram program is so far so good. Hey, but don't expect something next week. Hey, I'm also in the middle of carving a hunk of marble. Yeah, I'm an emerging sculptor when I'm not working on the show. And look, that does take priority. Sorry. Anyway, 
getting into the diagrams and videos shows me how so many of these parts in Jewel Thieves can be updated with solid state components. Nice. Now, instead of something too fancy, I first just want a basic charger. Uh, the first test is going to be using uh, the bleach batteries to see if I can charge one or more 6 volt or AA batteries or battery packs so I can finally get my ass out of the Stone Age grid level. Uh, meanwhile, I'm still gathering components and it cracks me up how hard it is to just buy some parts, even magnet wire, from a retail store in the city. Yeah, and I include Home Depot and Radio Shack. They can both go to hell. <laughs> Look, I've never liked buying stuff online. But this city, frankly, has driven a lot of basic retail across the bay and not just the big box monster stores. And the crazy thing is, I could order something from cross country and the shipping for it will cost less than the BART fare to go to Oakland and back. That's uh, $15 just to go into a store over there and buy the thing. But frankly, I need the magnet wire. That's the big thing I'm trying to get right now. And for the last couple of weeks, been trying to see if I can get it in the city. And it don't look like it's happening. So I will be going to either Harbor Freight or Fry's Electronics soon, which are both over in the East Bay. And it would be nice if I could just get on the bike and ride across the bridge. There is a bike path on the Big Bay Bridge, but it only goes halfway. Oh, anyway, uh, for next week, I want to look at the modern incarnations of the Edison batteries that Benitez used, and whether or not you could use them now. Okay, one more tune this week is a blast of alt-rock. It's I'll Be Your California by Christian Ortiz, an artist, musician, and photographer with deep roots tied to both the West and East Coast. Uh, he was born in L.A. in 83 and later moved with his family to New Jersey. And now he's creating, producing, and networking across the South, as in Columbus, Georgia, while making a mark nationwide through social media. Cool.
Magneto Funky is a 1223 Studios joint. Show files are at iTunes, Internet Archive, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Mixcloud. Episode notes are on the pod pages. And I finally got a few MP3s streaming on the Facebook. Uh, If you like the show, please drop a review or rating at iTunes or the Facebook. Uh, The show themes Rocket Power and Spyglass by New York musician and composer Kevin McLeod. Some additional audio from freesound.org. The next episode on Edison Batteries is set for Monday, June 5th. I'm Larry, trying hard to stay chill at my garret in the mission. And this is Magneto Funky from San Francisco, where we go through, not into, the dark.